Well, good morning, Swerve Church. How are we doing today? It's always an honor, privilege, privilege to worship with you guys. And I just want to quickly thank Tiffany for leading us in a new song today. And what a great song that was. Um, very appropriate and uh, just a beautiful song. So thank you, Tiff. Thank you, worship team as well. Don't forget the, the people playing off to the side there as well. So we want to thank you guys uh, for that. And as Danny just mentioned, we are in now week four of our sermon series through the book of Jonah. Um, and so we finished up uh, all of chapter one last week. Uh, it took us three weeks to get through chapter one, so we're going to be starting off today in chapter two of Jonah. So I want to start off by reading um, the four verses that we're going to be going through today. When you walked in inside the bulletin that you received, along with the connection card that we just discussed, um, you should find your uh, sermon notes in there. If you are a note taker, you love to take notes at Swerve, uh, we want to help you with that. And so we provide actually the notes, the points that will be brought up in today's uh, uh, sermon time. And so you can go ahead and follow along with the scriptures and follow along with the, the main bullet points. And so that's there for you. And I'm going to start off by reading from Jonah chapter 2, uh, verse 1. And we're going to go into through verse 4. So here we go. Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish. I called to the Lord in my distress and he answered me. I cried out for help from deep inside Sheol. You heard my voice. You threw me into the depths, into the heart of the seas. The currents overcame me, and all your breakers and your billows swept over me. Verse 4, but I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look once more. Father, we want to pray, God, at this time of, of, uh, of worship, as we hear and preach your word, as we look into your word, God, that it would be such a time, Lord, where we will be able to understand a little deeper, God, who you are. Your goodness, your grace, your mercy, your love, God, who you are. And that, God, it would reveal to us who we are and our need for you, God. And so, Lord, it's our prayer, God, that in this time of worship through the preaching of your word, as we sit and hear and receive, Lord, I pray that we would, with open hearts, God, um, be able to hear it, be able to receive, Lord. And will, Lord, give you the glory in return for all that you do here in this time together. God, it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. And so on your bulletins, you see at the top there, there's a title, and I, I, I put it there for a reason. I want this question to stick with us throughout this time together. And that question is, how do you respond when life has you trapped? What do you do when you're in that deep, dark place? And some of us know that very well. Some of us are in that place right now, or we've just come out of that season in life where we were in a deep, dark place, where life had you trapped, where you didn't know where you were going. Life had you back down in a corner. Right? Life didn't seem fair for you. Life thrown through your way some unexpected circumstance that you were not ready for. And so all of a sudden it's in your face and, and, and you're dealing with it now. Or things have finally caught up to you. You've been living your life your way. And you're now in a season where, man, things have caught up and you feel like it's all crashing down in front of you. Life doesn't seem fair. You seem that you're alone. Uh, uh, you, you feel as if God has left you. You're in that place. Or you went to the doctor's office and you received a report that you did not expect. And now you have to deal with this, this, this new uh, issue in health in your life that, that is making you feel just overwhelmed. You're overwhelmed right now. The thoughts of regret that you might be dealing with are overwhelming you right now. You feel lost. Or if you're a parent, you, you're, you're, you're going through the season where you're just looking at your children. You're just crying out, God, that's not what I want for their life. And yet you see that they're drifting away. And you're in that season of life right now where it just seems like, God, why have you left my kids? Why have you not heard my cry? I've been praying, God, that you would direct my kids your way. And maybe that's the season you're in. Or the never-ending cycle of heartbreak. The heartbreak. 
And that's a heartbreak. And you just seem like, man, I don't catch a break. And you are in that place right now, deep depression. Or maybe you're living your life in a denial, right? You, you, you know you've been disobedient towards God and you're running, you're avoiding God's call and his tugging at your heart. And you've been feeling that tug, but you've been running. And, and how do you respond in now? You're in that place. You're in that deep, dark place. You're in this moment in life where you are just trapped and you don't know where to go. How do you respond? And that's what we're going to talk about today. Because I've been there. How about you? I was there when my grandparents passed away and I cried out, God, why didn't you save them? Why, why God, you didn't give me more time? Uh, I was there in a dark place when my wife and I mourned the miscarriage of our daughter, Ava. I was in that deep, dark place. I've been in that deep, dark place where finances just seemed to be at its, at its lowest, and we didn't know where we were going to get uh, our next pack of diapers for our youngest daughter. I was in that deep, dark place, and that's the question that I want you to look at. Are you in that deep, dark place, and how are you going to respond today? I want us to look at that as we continue in the book of Jonah. And as we mentioned last week, we ended chapter 1, and it wrapped up in chapter, verse 17 with Jonah being tossed into the, the sea and being swallowed up by a great fish. So now we pick that up after Jonah is in the belly of a fish. And we know he's there because of his disobedience, right? He's there because he was running from God's call. He did not want to listen. He didn't want to obey the, the will of God for his life to go and preach to the great city of Nineveh. And so he runs, and now he's in the middle, is inside the belly of a fish. And so we opened up, the book of Jonah opened up with God's message to Jonah, his word to Jonah to go and preach that gospel and his message to the pagan nation. But Jonah didn't want to do that. So he's now in the belly of a fish. And before he got there, we discovered that, that the sailors knew that it was Jonah's fault, right? Because they, they, were, they were panicking. They were panicking, throwing all their cargo overboard, right? This is their wages. And so they're like, I don't even care if I'm losing a paycheck right now. We are, I, my life's on the line. And so they're there right there. And, and so they throw everything overboard and they're crying out. And they're praying to every God that they heard of and know of and so they're praying and then they finally go to Jonah and like Jonah wake up pray to your God and scripture tells us that never tells us that Jonah actually prays but he reveals to them why who he is and then he says man I got the solution I'm not going to pray because I probably know what God's going to tell me I'm not going to go back to the city where God wants me to go I'm heading up no just just kill me throw me overboard let me die and you guys be good and so Jonah tells him to go ahead and toss them, toss them overboard. But it's in that time where Jonah realizes again that no matter what he does, you cannot run from God. No matter where you're at, and you might be at that deep, dark place where you just feel like I'm throwing in the towel, guess what? God is not going to let you throw in that towel right now. The very reason, the very fact that you're sitting here right now hearing that, it's God's way of saying, you're not done, and I'm not done. Get up, and I'm, I got you. And so he throws himself, you know, he gets tossed into the, the sea, and the great fish swallows him. He's inside the belly of the fish. And, and, and so, man, we're going to go there today. And Jonah starts to pray at this time. It's fascinating stuff that we've talked about already. We talked about the sovereignty of God. We talked about worship and what it means to worship God. And that worship is more than just the songs that we sung earlier. But worship is a lifestyle. Worship is your heart. Worship is action, not just words. And so we talked about that. And today we're going to talk about prayer. But prayer in the context of being in a deep, dark place where life has trapped you. So I want to pray with you guys real quick. And then we're going to get into this. Again, we're going to go through Jonah 2 verses 1 through 4. Father, I want to pray with my brothers and sisters and friends in this room today. 
God, you are very much aware of every single person here. And so, Father, I pray that you would speak to us today. I pray that you would heal. I pray that you would encourage. I pray that you would convict. I pray that you would draw to yourself every heart and every soul in this room here today. Father, my very words, my preaching cannot do a single thing to save, but God, you can. And so, Father, I ask by your spirit, God, that you would move, Father, Holy Spirit, you would minister to us, and that you would draw us, Lord Jesus, to yourself, God, Father, for the glory of God, for the glory of our Father in heaven. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, so Jonah's inside the belly of the fish, and uh, many of us have heard this story before. Like we mentioned, man, Jonah's a popular children's story, and we always hear Jonah and the fish. Like, it's always all the whale, right? right? And we hear it connected, Jonah and the whale, Jonah and the fish. So that's how we know this story, and we, we're going to say, man, if you've been here for the first three weeks, you know that this is more than just a children's story. And so preparing for this, and I got the task, okay, now he's in the belly of the whale, of the fish, and uh, the question's going to come up, like, how is that possible? Like, and I don't want us to focus too much time on the aspect of him being in the fish and how he lived. Let's not go there today. But what I wanted to do is, as I was preparing this with my wife and Grace and my oldest daughter, was just kind of stop and pause and really think about that. Like, what must it have been like to be inside this fish, right? To live inside the belly of the fish. And so we were thinking about that. And I remembered a couple of weeks ago, and I think I shared it probably, um, that my father and I went on a boat, on, on a fishing trip, on a boat. And this is my only second time. Um, fishing, my first time doing it on a boat, and so I'm an amateur fisherman, and um, I went there, and we were all all kind of excited, and my father was excited, it was sort of like a father-son, like a Father's Day thing, and so we were doing it together, um, and we were on the boat, and it was going to take us on to the ocean for like six hours or so, and the first few hours, we didn't catch a single thing, right, and we're with other people, and we're lined up on the side, and everyone's catching stuff and reeling it in, and so the water's shaking, and you know, our feet are getting wet with the, the ocean, the water coming on board, and all the stinkiness and the smell. And you kind of, I felt like like I'm real, like the real deal. And my hands are sticky and slimy because of the bait. You're sticking it on the hook, and you just feel a little jit. But I was getting hungry, and so I, I packed a sandwich for my father and I. We had um, a turkey sandwich, lettuce, and tomato, um, a whole wheat bread because I've been on a diet. Um, <clears throat> and so we were hungry. We weren't catching a single thing. So we looked. They said, "Let's just sit down right here and let's have our sandwiches." And so I decided I'm really hungry. I'm going to eat the entire thing. And um, if you've probably been on a boat and you're, you're, you're probably like, not the greatest decision, dude. Like, you know, eat a little bit of it. But I was like, nah, and again, I'm an amateur. I'm going to eat the entire thing. Um, and so we did that, and uh, we ate it. And then my father decided um, he's going to continue on and try to catch something. And so we're surrounded now. Keep in mind, the boat's rocking, and it's moving, and people are catching fish. And so my father's fishing. My father's still like really weird. And I'm looking out late. We had a couple girls sitting next to us, and they look at me like, just stare at something in the distance. That might help you. So they notice, like, oh gosh. So I'm doing that, and I'm starting to stare off. Then I notice because my father's sitting right, standing up right here, and he has a piece of fish right on his, on his you know, pants. And so I'm gonna help him out. I'm like, oh, dad, hold on, let me grab this. And the moment I grab that fish, and even though I've been handling it for you know, the entire like, four hours at this point, and so I grab it, and it's just that, that, that feeling, and that's, this is mom, I'm so sorry. Don't grab a bagel yet, okay? <laughs> and so I grabbed it, and at that moment, I just knew it was coming up. And it all just came out. And you had the lettuce, the tomato, it's rocking, and the boat's moving, so remember what I said? It's rocking. It's so embarrassing, right? And so the girls next to me, and I noticed at this point, one of the girls was wearing flip-flops. I'm like, okay, I'm not the only amateur on the boat, obviously. She's wearing flip-flops, and they all like, ah! They're going up and they're trying to step up and not get it on their feet, and it's all over my shoes. And, 
and uh, it's going all the way down to the end of the boat, and then the guy who's in charge gets on with his like, you know, bleach, and he's pouring. It's so embarrassing. Um, so <laughs> I don't know why I shared that story, but just that. Uh, <laughs> man, it was it's just, just that, right? So Jonah's in the belly of the fish, and so it brought up that memory of just like you know being in such an embarrassing moment. So we've been getting, we're going back uh, with my wife and, and daughter. We were talking about this, and um, so we began to just throw out some words like, "What comes to mind when you think of this?" And we're like, "Stinky," obviously, right? Um, just imagine the smell inside that fish, right? Tight, like how, you know, any, anybody here, like, uh, uh, claustrophobia, like, any people, like, don't like to be in tight spaces, right? It's like, imagine that, restricted, limited, right? Anyone here, a control freak? Like, you just want to control everything, like, yeah, he, he's, that's out the window. He ain't controlling a single thing. He's inside the belly of the fish, right? Depressing, dirty. I mean, you guys, like, you have, you know, hand sanitizer right now on you. Like every single second you touch something, someone, you're putting it on. You're, you know, germaphobe. And so it's scary, right? Dark, like this eerie silence that must have been inside there. Um, someone threw out inconvenient. Like how inconvenient must have been for Jonah, right? He had it planned out. He wanted to go escape. And, it, and now all of a sudden he's like, oh, man, here I am. And so restricted and trapped. And then the last thing that came up was it must have felt like death. It must have felt like death. And that's the situation we find Jonah in the prophet of God in the belly of the fish. And so let's pick up here in chapter 2, verse 1. Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of a fish. And there are three really important points, and this is the first one here. The first point is this. We pray to our intimate God. And so if you're taking notes, you can go ahead and write that in. We pray to our intimate God. In this one verse, I can come up with three different points, but we kind of put it all in one. We pray to our intimate God. I want to look at that verse kind of like just word by word here. So if we can go ahead and get Jonah 2 verse 1 on the screen. It's in your notes as well. Jonah prayed. The very first thing that I want us to stop and not read over is that Jonah prayed. Remember, he kind of avoided it before, right? When the sailors asked him to pray and the Christian doesn't really tell us that he did. And so um, it appears that, you know, Jonah did not pray. And so now he's in the belly of the fish and it says that Jonah prayed. He could not run from it this time. And isn't that you and I so many times, right? We're put in a place where now all of a sudden all we can do is what? Is look up and pray. For Jonah, this was a deep, his deep, dark place. And he was trapped. But he was trapped because of his own sin, his own disobedience. But here's the awesome truth about prayer. And I want everyone to look up. Here's the awesome truth about prayer when you're in a deep, dark place. Prayer is always an option. Prayer is always an option. Though many times, Jonah, right, the, the afflictions and the pains that we're experiencing might be because you caused it. It might be because you're disobedient and you're sin. It might just very well be. But here it is. If we would just humble ourselves and pray, check this out, power of prayer, you will always be walking by the grace of God. Prayer is always an option. And so if you're in a deep, dark place or you've been there, I just want, I, I want us to, re, to remember this, that Jonah prayed and that prayer is always an option. Prayer is always an option. And so even if you've caused the very thing that you're experiencing today, the very hurt and you're to blame, it's an option. And yet you will always, if you humble yourself and just pray, be welcomed back by the grace of God. And so now here we go, right? Jonah's trapped inside the fish and he prayed. And we read that in verse 1 that Jonah prayed. Say it with me. He prayed to who? He prayed to the Lord 
Come on, nice and loud. The Lord is God. His God. And that's what I want us to remember this here. In our seasons of loneliness and depression and deep darkness, I want us to remember that we're not just praying to the God of the universe who created the heaven and the stars, who put the stars in place. That's all very real and true. But you are worshiping, you are praying to your creator, the one who knows the hairs on your head. He is your God. And Jonah realized, man, I'm praying to my God. God is not just a distant God. And I know it feels that way when we're going through these seasons of life. Like God is nowhere around, but please remember that God is still your God. And he is not distant from you, but he is near. He is near. And so we pray to an intimate God. And I love the way Psalm verse 139 puts it this way. And if you can get it up on the screen, it's in your, your notes as well. Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up, you understand my thoughts. From afar. You see, God sees you. God knows you. And he knows you very, very well. It might be a scary thought for us. But it also is a freeing thought to know that God knows you very well. He is a personal God. He's a close God. and He's an intimate God. And so Jonah in the belly, he prays. And he remembers that God is not distant, but he's praying to his God. And then the last thing from that verse, just in verse 1 still, Jonah prays to God from where? From the belly of the fish. And I want to point that out for us. Jonah could pray right there in his situation. Jonah is literally in, right, his sin in this moment, you could say. He's in it. He's in his sin. And yet he prays in that place. And I want us to remember that in your deep, dark place, prayer is always an option again. You can pray. In fact, you should pray. And I encourage you today to pray. Because God is an intimate God. I love the way a pastor put it this way. He said, while the belly of a fish is a bad place to live, it is a great place to learn. Mm. The belly of the fish, you don't want to live there. You don't want to stay there. But it is a great place to learn. It was restricting to Jonah. It was inconvenient. But it is right where he needed to be. And I want you to hear that. Where you're at, might just be right where God wants you. Jonah needed to be swallowed up by that fish, kind of put on time out here, right? Like God blew a whistle. I heard a pastor talking about this that way as well. I love it because, you know, you guys know I'm into sports. And so the analogy of a timeout, right? And so God, we call timeouts in sports when, like, the coach knows that things are just going a little bit crazy. He needs to get you together. And he needs to kind of, like, you know, discuss the game plan again. Maybe you forgot or, you know, you're running a little bit haywire, so you need to get the group together. And God kind of like called a timeout on Jonah, like, you're running, timeout, come here, let me remind you. And it's like parents, I put our kids on timeout. So God has kind of put Jonah here on timeout, and, and he wants to call his attention and remind him of something very important. And I think God is still teaching his children today this very thing, that no matter where life is bringing you, no matter your situation, it is always a good place to cry out to him. Jonah couldn't escape the belly of the fish. Think of that, right? You couldn't. And I thought, like, even if he tried to escape, and he actually escaped the fish, does anyone know where Jonah's come from? Right? He's like, he's, he's from Israel. Like, he's a dude probably not that familiar with swimming and, you know, on the beach and stuff like that. So, like, even if he escaped, he's in the middle of the ocean, so now he has to learn how to swim and get himself up there. And then where's he going to go, right? And so, like, he really had nowhere to go. He really had nowhere to go, and God is reminding him, cry out to me. Right there in the middle, in, inside the belly of the fish. You have access to God in your situation. 
Just remember that. Maybe hey, you're coming from, you know, a background where, you know, this, this, this idea of God being, you know, near you and, and that you having access to God is something that's foreign. Maybe you've grown up in a tradition or a teaching where, man, you need to go to the pastor, the preacher, someone else to come to God for you. And, and those are good and you want people to surround and pray for you. But I want to remind you that your God, you, you have access to him. And in that situation, inside the belly of the fish, Jonah had access to God. Though he was restricted and, 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 and isolated, he had access to his God. I want us to approach the throne of grace, the confidence, as it says in James, right? That as we draw near to him, he draw near to us. And so point one is that God is an intimate God. We pray to our intimate God. Now point two, all right, how do you respond when you're trapped? Point two. How do you respond when you're in this deep, dark place? We pray from the depths. Who knows what that means here? You can try to just probably guess that, right? Like from the deep inside, you know that those moments when you just want to scream out for mercy, for grace, for God, Father, help me. Uh, this is where it's at, where Jonah's at. And so we read this in Jonah 2. So the point two, we pray from the depths. And we're going to look at verses 2 and 3 right now. Jonah in verse 2. I cried to the Lord in my distress, and he answered me. I cried out for help from deep inside. Sheol, you heard my voice. You threw me into the depths, into the heart of the seas. Your currents overcame me. All your breakers and your billows overslept me. See, it's okay to cry out in your distress. It's okay to grieve and mourn, and, and we need to be taught that. We need to remind ourselves that. And we talked about this on life on Thursday. Life group. Man, when you're in the pain, when you're in the hurt, so many times we feel like it's not Christ-like. Oh, it's, you know, I'm not a strong enough Christian if I'm feeling the pain and I'm hurting. But man, God is saying, I want you to cry out. We're in good company here. The book of Jonah is written after Jonah, named by Jonah, it's written for Jonah, it's written by, and, and, and he's a prophet and he's crying out to God in his distress. We have countless of, you know, of uh, 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 people in the Bible we know who's experiencing depression and, 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 and anger. And so we read the Psalms and you hear all about that, right? And David's anger and crying out. And so it's okay. It's okay to mourn. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to express to God your dislike for something. Jonah called out into him in his distress. And I want to encourage us to call out from the depths in our distress. But you catch it here. At the end of that sentence says, I called out to the Lord in my distress. And what? He answered me, right? He answered me. Jonah was in the belly of the fish. But who else was there with him? God is present. We need to remember that in the deep, dark place, it feels like we're alone. Things get quiet, right? But God is with you, and God is present. Just because Jonah felt trapped and alone, he was not. Just as God was not absent from Jonah in his distress, God is not absent from you in your deep, dark place. Just because it feels that way. I want to remind you, and I want to tell you that he is not absent in your deep, dark moment. Verse 2 cries out, continues, and he says, I cried out from the deep inside, Sheol. You heard my voice from deep inside, Sheol. Sheol is used to express the Hebrew idea of death. We read it in other places in Scripture. It's also often used in Hebrew to describe a place of the dead, right? It says, deep darkness. This deep, deep darkness. And so Jonah cries out to God from that place. And how many of us can understand that feeling? 
right? It feels like you're done, like it's death. And you can't no more. You hit that rock bottom. You're in deep. But let me encourage again someone here. Let the word of God encourage someone. Some of our deepest and most intimate times with God are in the valley. Though our battles are real, but it's in our battles and in our struggles that our most intimate times with God are experienced. How many of you can say amen to that? And so what's, what's the call for us? Cry out. Don't give in, but cry out. Psalm 23, very familiar psalm, right? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For what? You are with me. Thou are with me. Psalm 88, verse 1 to 3, it's in your notes, says this. Lord God of my salvation, I cry out before you day and night. May my prayer reach your presence. Listen to my cry, for I had enough troubles and my life is near Sheol. Inside the belly of the fish, God was present with Jonah. Wherever you are right now, cry out to God. It is a great place. It's a great time to be in the presence of the Lord. Verse 3 in our notes in Jonah 2, you threw me into the depths, into the heart of the seas, and the current overcame me. All your breakers and your billows swept over me. Jonah in the heart of the sea was feeling the waves. It, was, it has overtaken him, but he cries out in the depths and God is there. This is a reminder to Jonah that God is all in there. He is in total control, right? He is still in total control while reality was right there. Jonah didn't just jump out, jump into the, like the men tossed him in there. But Jonah's recognizing that he's there because God is vested in Because God was in full control even in that situation. And I want us to remember that, that even though, man, we might be in a situation, God is still in control. God is still in control. And this is what prayer does for us. This is what the power of prayer does. In those moments, to recognize and to remember that God is in control, prayer helps us to remember that. Prayer does this. It helps you to refocus on who really is in control. And so if you're in a deep, dark place, I would plead, pray out to God. You would remember that it is not you who are in control. It's not the situation that's got the best of you. God is in total, complete control. And so our final point for today is point one, we pray to God, uh, to our intimate God. Point two, we pray from the depths. And then point three is this. When you're in a deep, dark place, we pray with hope. And I love this point. We pray with hope. Last week on Saturday, I watched a boxing fight. Some of you probably know who fought. Um, two middleweight guys, and it's uh, two dudes who fought. This was the second fight between the two of them. Uh, the first one was a uh, draw. So we had two guys with three title belts on the line, and they were going to give it their all. You knew that this was going to be a good fight. Like They were going to go at it. It was going to be evenly matched because the first one was a draw. I had my guy. My brothers had their guy. So this was an intense time in the various households. And my wife would tell you, I get, I, I get into it. And so, man, we, we're watching this fight, and so it's going back and forth. And it was clear that the training for both these guys, they stepped it up a little bit. Like, they wanted to win that match. Like, they both of them were not happy with the draw from the previous match. And so they fought, and it lasted all 12 rounds. It lasted the entire fight. If you're familiar with boxing, um, it goes up to 12 rounds of this particular fight. Um, and so it went the entire way. <laughs> it went the entire way. And so here's, here's the point of this. At the end of the 12th round, even though they laid everything down and they gave their all to win the fight, now the outcome was on their hands. And the outcome was in the hands of the judges who were going to decide now. Who won? Who's victorious? And I bring that up because 
Man, here's the difference between that type of a hope that they had, right? Like, I hope the judges saw what I did. I hope that I could win. I hope I did enough. Here's the difference between your hope and my hope. It's not the hope we talk about when someone says, man, I hope I hit the lottery today. Right? That's not the hope we're talking about. The hope that we have is a hope that knows the ending. It's a hope that knows the outcome of this. It's almost like wrestling. I heard it put this way. How many of you guys like wrestling? And, and, and like, it was heartbreaking for me to find out that wrestling is all fixed, right? And it's, the script is already written. But it's just, it's, what's cool about that, as you think about this, is that though the script was written, right, they still had a fight, right? They still walked away with some real, like, bruises and real, you know, real pain. But they knew the outcome. And I want to encourage you with that. Like, you're going to go through a battle. And you're going to fight. And you're going to go through bruises. You're going to get bruised. You're going to get knocked down. You're going to be backed up in the corner. You're not going to know where to go, right? Just like in a boxing match. And it might feel like, you know, there's no escape from this now. The guy got you. He's got you. You already know the outcome. And so we fight knowing that there's victory at the end of it. That's the hope that we pray with. That's the hope that we pray with. We pray with the hope that knowing that one day that we will stand with our Father in heaven, hands lifted up, victorious. Amen. We have victory in Christ. And Jonah knew this, and that's why he said in verse 4, but I said, it's in your notes, but I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look up once more towards your holy temple. Jonah was so confident in knowing that even though he's in a deep, dark place, that when he looks into the temple of God, that he will find mercy there, that he will find hope there. And so Jonah prays with this hope. Life is going to be a battle for you. You will be knocked down. You will be backed in the corner, but there is victory in Christ. There is victory in Christ. Though Jonah was in his sin, he could boldly and confidently and with hope look up to his God. And that same thing is true for you and I. We can boldly and confidently pray and look up to God with the hope and an assurance of our salvation in Christ. The invitation is just pray. Humble yourself and pray. Because we don't fight with the hope that just wishes for the outcome to be in our favor. We fight knowing the hope already that there's victory already. I love it the way it says, this is our last scripture for today. I love the way it's put in Hebrews 6, 19. It's, on, it's in your notes. It's going to be on the screen in a second. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. And I love it. Our hope is firm and secure in Christ. And it is secured in Christ because of the gospel, the good news, and this is what it is, that our Lord and our Savior left his throne in heaven, came down to earth, and not for this reason. He didn't come down to discipline you. He didn't come down to throw things into your face. He didn't come down and say, so look, now you guys need me to rescue you. But he came down on a mission trip, not to rub things in our face, but on a mission trip backed by his love for us, to set us free from the bondages and from the deep, dark places. He came on a mission by becoming human, though fully God and remaining fully God. He will live his life as a child. He will grow up as an adult, and he would be in a, in a, in a complete obedience to the Father throughout his entire life. And as Jonah willingly, um, as Jonah allowed sailors to toss him into the sea, but to escape his mission, Jesus willingly, on his own, and obediently to the Father, went to the cross. But not to escape the mission that he came, but to fulfill the mission. He came on a mission to set us free. And he took our place on the cross and he paid the full 
price for your sin and for my sin. Why did he do that? Because you and I cannot repay our sins on our own. There's no amount of good that we can do that will level up with the holiness and the standard of our great, mighty God. Nothing we can do. We can try. But the free news, the good news of the gospel is that Jesus paid that price already. The perfect lamb, the perfect and spotless lamb lays his life on the cross and dies on that cross for you and I, suffering the death that we deserve. And he's buried in that tomb and he's put there for three days, but only for three days because he is alive today. And he raises from the grave and he comes out of that tomb and he is now victorious over both sin and death. And now the thing is this, that he calls us to just repent. And that just means I'm going this way, God. I've been running. But God, you've been pursuing this whole time. I'm turning around and I'm going your way. And that's what repentance means. Is that, man, I'm going this way. I'm going to turn and I want to walk towards you, God. I'm going to repent of my sins. And God says, man, if you just do that and place your trust in Jesus as your only Lord, as your only Savior, And you have this hope now, firm, secure for your soul, a hope in Christ that when we go through the deep, dark places, even though I walk through the valley of shadow death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. We will come out victorious. Let's pray. Oh, God. Father, thank you, Lord. I thank you, God, in our deep, dark places, oh, God, that you are intimate, God, and your love for us, Lord, is so great. And so, God, I want to pray right now for my friend, my brother, my sister, right now here today. Lord, who are in a deep, dark place. God, that you would remind them that there is hope. That there's a hope that they have that's not a hope that just, Lord, is, is, is optimistic of what's going to happen. But it's a hope that's firm, secure, a hope that they can stand with confidence and with boldness and, and look up and say, God, in this moment, in my sin, in my dark place, I cry out to you with confidence. And God, I thank you that you would hear their prayers. I thank you that you would answer them, Lord. And I'll pray that, God, as a church, that we would come around that brother, we would come around that sister, God, and we would encourage and we would pray with one another, God, and we would seek your face, Lord, that we would be a people, a church, oh God, that would cry out in the depths of our lives, Lord, that you, oh God, will save, Lord, that you will rescue, God, and we thank you, Lord, that you are with us, and that you do save. So God, I pray, Lord, help us, God. Help us, Lord, to keep our eyes fixed on you, and in the deep, dark place, when life has us trapped and back in the corner, we will pray with confidence. We will cry out in the depths. We will pray to our intimate God, and we will pray with hope, a hope that only comes in Christ. So we thank you praise you, we love you, we give you glory. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.